Thanks for joining us for another inspiring message from Elevate Church in Perth, Australia. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps. Series we've called Rumble Strip. And we've come a long way in the last few weeks because when, just in the run-up to this series, some of you didn't actually know what a rumble strip was. And so we've already crossed that. Uh, and I, I, you sort of knew what it was. You just, some of you confessed you didn't know. That, oh, that's, that's what they're called. Yeah, that's what they're called. Little, little bumps or little divots on the side of the roads, typically on, on more major roads, that are designed to do one thing. That as you drift, you hit a rumble strip, you hear a and feel a brrrr, which is road furniture screaming at you, you're moving in the wrong direction. Now, not everyone loves rumble strips. As a cyclist, I can tell you, we do not like rumble strips, 25 mil road bike tires, knock your feelings out every single time. In 2009, the Amish community in Michigan successfully lobbied to have rumble strips removed because Amish people, as you would know, drive a horse and buggy on the shoulder of said roads. And uh, if you think 25 mil inflated rubber push bike tires are a problem, try hand forged wooden buggy wheels and that's a whole nother level. So ironically, uh, in the place where uh, motor cars were made popular, uh, they don't actually have rumble strips anymore, thanks to the Amish. But it's not just driving that we drift and therefore it's not just driving that we need rumble strips. We actually drift in life. We drift when it comes to the plans and purposes of God. We all do it. And it's not because we're bad or evil. It's just, you know, there's things. We get distracted. We, we lose a bit of energy. Something comes our way, knocks us a little bit off course. And God puts in place rumble strips that when we start to drift, we hear a brrrr. And it's our chance to course correct. Gets our attention so we can course correct. And week one, we talked about this, that there are some things that we have said or are inclined to say yes to that God would actually want us to say no to. There's some things that we have spent money on or are thinking about spending money on that are just not a wise decision and God would say, before you waste that money. There's some nutritional choices. I said it last week. God might say to you as you walk into the break room, because it's somebody's birthday, step away from the donut. And that's a rumble strip. There, there are dating rumble strips. You're thinking about dating that guy. Brrr, move away from the human. Bad idea. God puts these in place because we're inclined, unfortunately, to not always make perfect decisions. And then last week we talked about the opposite. There's some things that we may have said no to that God's actually called us to. And he would say, you said no, but I actually want to take you further faster. I, I've got plans. I've got promises for you. And I want you where you've said no to actually say yes. And in, in that obedience, you're going to unlock the promises on the other side of your yes. And he puts rumble strips in place in the form of his word. We call it the Bible. 
his instructions, principles. Actually, some of that's designed that we never have to, if we choose to live according to what God says, never even hit the rumble strip in the first place in some areas. He uses his Holy Spirit, this, this kind of low-key inner voice. He uses our conscience, and I, I talked about that a bit last week when we're going to do something that's pretty unwise. We might just hear this, no, 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 no. The voice of our conscience telling us, bad move, pal. And the other thing that God uses as a rumble strip is people. And that's what, I, that's what I want to talk about today. And so if you've got our, our app, you can tap on the Bible tile. We've had the same slice of the Bible in there for this whole series, and we'll leave it in there. So you're like, what was that? It's just tap the tile. You don't even have to remember. But, but the, the, what you'll see when you do is you'll see a, a slice of a letter that Paul wrote to, to the church in a place called Ephesus. Now, zoom out. Paul was a big wig of the early church. And he would uh, spend his, or spend his uh, latter part of his life launching new churches in key uh, cities around the known world at the time. And one of those key cities was Ephesus. It was a, a port city, a, a trade route through to Asia Minor. It was the capital of Asia Minor, very, very significant city. He spent three years there before they kind of ran him out of town because the church was getting too influential. People were deciding to follow Jesus and uh, the locals didn't like that so much that their influence was going down. Uh, and he was in prison at the time that he wrote this letter to them. And the first half of the letter is just bragging about Jesus, bragging about the, the, what we've inherited because Jesus, God's adopted us as his sons and daughters. And man, let me just tell you what that means. And he just writes uh, one thing after another, blessing and blessing and blessing and blessing. and ble So if you haven't yet read the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, there's still time. Go back, start from the beginning. And, and the first half, you'll just see, man, wow. There, there might be reminders of the blessings or some of it might be breaking news. Boy, I didn't know I, I had access to that. Yes, yeah, great, you do. And then he starts, the second half of the letter is, is instruction. It's, it's behavior. It's because you've been adopted as sons and daughters of the king, let me give you some instruction on what it means to live like that. How does a daughter and a son of the king, how do they live? How do, how do we live? And some of it was, you know, encouraging. And some of it, this slice, not so much. It was, it was what we might call tough love. And uh, let me just drop us straight in there now and you'll see what I'm talking about. And remember, he's writing this to people. This isn't just some sort of, you know, double blind study. This isn't some peer reviewed paper for a journal. This is like, hey, hey, you guys, Read up. And he writes, wake up from your sleep. This is not gentle Paul. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Watch how you drive. Watch how you drive in your life. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants, what you're meant to say yes to, what you're meant to say no to. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our master, Jesus Christ. And out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Now, I've highlighted deliberately a couple of things. Those of you listening on the podcast, you can go to our app and you'll see the slide deck. And I've highlighted a couple of things. This one, make the most 
of every chance you get. A little bit before this, verses kind of 11, this is kicking in at 14, 11, Paul's actually written to them and he's, and he's told them, don't waste your life. Don't waste your time on things that don't matter. Very direct, very, very pointed. And he reminds them again, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. You know, in Australia, the average life expectancy of a male is 81 years and a female 84.8. I don't know what the women are doing that the men aren't, but you get another 3.8 years, it seems. So well done. Uh, but that's not long. And Paul's writing to the church then and he would say the same to us now. Guys, this is not a drill. This is not the warm-up. This is not a dressed rehearsal. This is it. You're in it. We're in it. We're living in it. And we only have a certain amount of time to do with our life what God wants. So don't waste it. Don't waste time on these things. Don't waste energy on these things. Don't waste money on these things. These are desperate times. Make the most of every chance you get. And then it says, don't live carelessly unthinkingly. Here's how I would define careless or unthinking living. Very simply, not connecting the fact that what you do today will affect tomorrow. Careless living is not Connecting the fact that what you choose to do today will affect tomorrow. Ah, tomorrow never comes. Yeah, it does. It comes tomorrow. And what you do today, what you choose, what we choose to do today will affect tomorrow. So get that. To make the sort of choices today that's going to set you up for a better tomorrow, for a more effective tomorrow, for the sort of things that God wants you to do and experience tomorrow. Uh, when I uh, learnt to drive, uh, just soon after Henry Ford made the Model T, uh, one of the first things, the instructor gives you sort of the basics when you get started. You get in the car and, you know, and you put in your seatbelt. And, 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 and one of the things they teach you is, is when you put your hands on the steering wheel, sorry, taught you, I'll come back to that. One of the things they taught you is you put your hands on the steering wheel at 10 and 2. Now, they don't teach 10 and 2 anymore for two reasons. Number one, if you do 10 and 2, the airbags will blow your thumbs off. So that's one problem. Secondly, uh, the people learning to drive don't have watches with hands on. So they say 10 and 2. They go, huh? What? Look blankly at you. So they say, anyway, that's a whole other story. It's not because Gen Z is dumb, people. It's just things have moved on a little since the grandfather clock, all right? But the idea of holding the steering wheel in a certain position is meant to, 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 to better ensure that we're gonna arrive at our destination. I mean, yeah, you might wanna be riding like your homies. I get it, I get it. Not good. You're not taught how to drive that way unless you watch MTV videos. <laughs> Things that God has set up can actually help us limit the amount that we drift. We will drift. We do drift. We have drifted. We are drifting in some area or areas, all of us. 
Nevertheless, there are some things that God has set up that, that, that will not entirely mitigate us drifting, but, but less. And one of them is, is people. And it's, it's, that's what I want to talk about today. And Paul wrote at the very end, and, and I'll read this from another version. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's what I want to talk about today. But before I do, it's really, I get it, it's important to define our terms. Let, let, me, let me start with the, the last one. Now, I grew up, grew up in the Catholic Church, and I'm not going to rail against the Catholic Church. But one of the things that my experience in the Catholic Church is when we talked about reverence for Christ, it was all kind of, it was all kind of about being just, you know, kind of like, you know, you know, and you were just like, you had to be like, you know, and that was reverence. It was quiet and, 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 and you know, stuff like that. And yet, and there's a place for that, but it's not the whole story. In fact, Paul's using this in light of what he's already written to the church in the first part of the letter about the blessings, that, that our motivation for the first bit, submitting to one another, I'll come to that, is because we're so thunderstruck by what Jesus has done for us that we would want to not drift, that we would want to drive on the path that he's called us to, that we would want to take a hold of the promises that he's put out in front of us, that we'd want to, that, that it's like, man, Jesus has done all of this for me. Man, I am going to, in response, the way I'm gonna display my reverence, my gratitude, how awestruck I am, is I'm gonna, I'm gonna do these things. And they're not rules and regulations, they're, they're, they're principles. And, they're, and, 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 and Paul's saying one of them is to, to submit to one another. Now, this one's, this one's a little bit of a charged word for some of you, I would presume. Because some of you have been in relationships, and I don't just mean like boy, girl, I mean like could be like in a church leadership kind of setting or a workplace, or it could be in a, in a, in a, in a marriage setting where, where you got bullied, where, where, where the other person used their authority, their role, their position to actually demean you and, 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 and take advantage of you. And so when you read that word submit, you're like, nah, been there, done that, got the scars to prove it, I ain't going back there. And, and, and I get that and, I, and I'm going to come to that. And I wish that didn't happen. And if that has been a part of your experience, I, I really... I, I wish for you that it hadn't happened, but it's still a thing that it, 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 that's important and it's still a thing that is super, super helpful. And the way I'll just very simply define submit is to voluntarily, <laughs> underline that word, to voluntarily, no one can make you submit, to voluntarily put yourself under the authority of other people in the church. That you would voluntarily, in other words, you get to choose who and if, or is it if and who, to put yourself under another person's authority, to, to allow them, when necessary, to throw down a rumble strip in your life. 
but, but for your benefit. So I want to just really skip over three things when it comes to submitting to one another that really matter. And the first one is make sure that they're the right people. <laughs> that when you put yourself voluntarily under someone else's authority, allow them to throw down a rumble strip when and where it's necessary, that it's the right people. Because when you listen, and this is the big idea of, of my message today, when you listen to the right people, you'll avoid the wrong places. So we all listen to people, <laughs> but they have to be the right people. Solomon, one of the wisest guys that ever lived, this was a bit of his rumble stripping. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Here's the thing. If you submit to fools, if the, if the people you choose to voluntarily listen to, to voluntarily allow them to influence you, if they're fools, they will still rumble strip you, but they'll rumble the wrong things. The things that, you've, that, that God's asked us to do that we want to say yes to, a fool will rumble you and tell you that you're making the wrong choice. What? Sunday morning? You go to church? Are you crazy? They'll rumble you. You've joined a team? Do they pay you for that? No. What? That's abuse. You give money to that church? Come on now. Come on now. Have you audited their books? Well, you can. Fools will, will rumble you, but they'll rumble the wrong stuff. And then when, you make, when we make dumb decisions, fools will applaud. All righty, yeah. Boy, bust through that rumble strip. Don't let anybody restrict your freedom. Disaster. But the fool rumbled the wrong things. The way I use and recommend choosing the right people is one very simple principle. Follow the fruit. There's a lot of things that, that'll, that'll, that are all shiny in some people and may, may make you want to consider them, are they the right people? I mean, they've got a lot of Instagram followers. <laughs> Follow the fruit. There'll be people in your orbit, I hope, who have actually developed and cultivated a great marriage. And if you're early in your marriage then find them and submit to them and learn from them rather than having to hit the rumble strip all by yourself every single time in, in your relationship. If, if, if there's people who are living and producing financial fruit, they're not in debt and they've been able to see some of their, their dreams and they give to the kingdom and, and, and you're someone who's you know you can improve in how you handle money, then 
submit yourself to people who are demonstrating the fruit of wise financial living. People who have maybe better health than you because they're demonstrating and consistently choices and lifestyle that, that, that's producing health and you're wanting to improve, then follow the fruit and submit whatever it is. You fill in the blank, an area that you think, you know what, or, or multiple areas. And, 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 it does, and the right people, it doesn't just have to be one person. In fact, it's better that it isn't just one person because nobody has got all the answers. So you might have a little kind of, I call them my personal board of advisors, a little kind of hand-picked posse, hard to put a number on, but let's say it's about five or so people, and, and they all have particular fruit in particular areas, and I'll tap into them as I come up against stuff because they're the right people, because they've demonstrated through their, the fruit of their lives that they're making really wise choices. And they can rumble me. Some people have asked me to be that in their lives, and that's great. And if I'm coaching them, the, 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 the rule at the beginning is if I see you drifting, I'm going to rumble you. I, I didn't say that before this series, I, but that's, that's the, the big idea. If I see you, you've got to know. <laughs> You're asking me to take a level of authority over your life. In other words, if I see you drifting, I'm going to throw down a rumble strip. And I'm not going to ask you if that's okay. I'm not going to ask you for permission. I'm telling you right now, you need to give me that permission. And, and, then, and then it's done. And then we just play it out from there. But actually, there's an even better thing that we can do when it comes to submitting ourselves to the right people. And that's actually asking them, can you rumble me when I drift? Not have them ask you for permission, but you just say to them, listen, I've noticed that in this area of life, you are killing it. And, and I'd like it if, if we could just kind of connect in a, in a way that, that you'll get to know me better. And I, I'd like you, please, when you see me drifting, can you throw down a rumble strip? And if they're the right people, then yeah, they, they, they will. But when they do, we've got to have the right spirit. Ingredient number two. Find the right people, and then when they rumble you, have the right spirit. Because the test isn't in the throwing down of the rumble strip. The test is in our response when they throw down the rumble strip. Well, who are you to tell me what to do? Well, you're not perfect. Jesus loves me just as much as he loves you. Like... I, I, I think you're missing how this is meant to work here. You asked me to throw down a rumble strip for your benefit, and I am, and your response is pushback. And I'm like, this isn't working. So we've got to go into these relationships with humility and with gratitude. That when someone that loves us, that wants the best for us, that we've asked for them to invest into our, our lives and throw down a rumble strip when we need it, that when they do, we need to receive it with humility as a gift. Man, thank you so much. I mean, this, 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 could, this could have been awkward for you 
and yet you push through that to, to throw down a rumble strip for me. Man, what a gift. Thank you so much. Boy, I, that was a blind spot for me. I didn't even realize I was drifting and you noticed and you came to me and boy, thank you so much. We're gonna have the right spirit with the right people. Solomon warned us, first pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. I spoke last week, the principle, the easier it is to lead you, the more places you can be taken to. And it's the analogy of a horse. A wild horse isn't gonna be led up to the mountain because a wild horse just wants to do what a wild horse wants to do. But guess what happens to wild horses? They get left in the pen. And the slightly less impressive, the slightly less spectacular, the slightly less mercurial horse that's consistent, that every morning takes his or her consistency pill and applies that in often a not so spectacular way, but is dependable and reliable. That's the horse that gets taken to the mountain because the master knows he or she can trust the horse. So we have to have the right spirit. If I ask you to throw down a rumble strip, when you do, I say, thank you so much for that gift. Now, I did say before, acknowledge that sometimes people can take advantage of you, that some of you maybe have experienced some level of bullying. And and look, I understand bullying. I do. I got bullied last night. It was horrible. I'm surprised I'm even here. Louis and I were dancing in our lounge room. I put on some uh, romantic uh, uh, Italian music. It just sounded romantic. The lyrics translate to, when I wake up in the morning, I see enemies all around me. That's actually the lyric. And because Louis also speaks Italian, she's, we're dancing and she's like, this is not good. Because when you wake up in the morning, you see me and you're playing a song that says, when I wake up in the morning, you see enemies all around. Anyway, that's not the bullying part. The bullying part is we're dancing, we're dancing. And I'm saying to her, sweetheart, I am leading. Capiche? I am leading. She goes, well, you're not very good. I'm like, listen, because when we dance, she she insists on leading. And here's the other thing. She's way stronger than I am and she has a much lower center of gravity. So she just kind of swings me around like a rag doll. But I'm like, sweetheart, in this moment, I'm gonna, let me lead, okay? So I'm trying to lead and I, and I do the little spin and she goes, well, I didn't see that coming. You're not a very good leader. So look, I understand bullying, I really do. Very recent victim. So let me speak to the people that may be asked to be the right people, that maybe this message is gonna trigger someone to come to you and say, I've noticed that you've got some real fruit going on in this area of your life. Would you be someone that keeps an eye out for me and if I'm drifting, you'd throw down a rumble strip? If if you could ask that, and, and, and honestly, I pray that someone does because it's a great honor and it's also a sign that you're producing fruit And then you have the opportunity to reproduce that fruit into someone else's life. It's incredible. But if they do, and you say yes, be motivated by love, not power. Okay? That's one. Secondly, learn 
some language. Because here's the thing, when, when, when things get awkward interpersonally, but your motive is love and you're trying to be humble, sometimes if you haven't developed the, the language, then your motive gets lost in the messaging. Have you, ever, have you ever had to do that for yourself? You had to explain to someone, oh, it's not what I meant. Oh, it's what you said. Oh, okay. Then you say, oh, all right. Wow. How can I say this better? Because that wasn't my motivation. wasn't my intention, but we don't get judged on our intentions. We get judged on our actions. So we don't get judged on our motives. We get judged on our messaging. So, so learning some language to, before you throw down the rumble strip is super, super important. Otherwise, even if you don't mean to, you can come across as a bully that's just trying to push someone around. So before you speak with them, you pray, God, help them see that my motive is them, that my motive is their best, that my motivation is love, and, and, and then go into that conversation and, and have some language, something like, remember, remember when you asked me to just keep an eye out and, and throw down a rumble strip if you're drifting yet? Uh, I don't do it very often because actually you're doing really great. But I, can I just bring one thing to your attention? It might be something that you're not even aware of. Would you want to hear that? I mean, you said you did. Yeah, sure, sure. And then slide it on in. The third thing is the right questions. And this is actually on behalf of the person that's asked for you to rumble them. Sometimes people will message me, you say, uh, call me, but that's, doesn't, no one calls people anymore. My mom still calls me. No one else phones. They just send a message. But someone messaged me, hey, do you want to meet up? I've got something to talk about. And I'll say to them, uh, what is it? And have you already made the decision? Because <laughs> if you've already made the decision, then no, I won't meet up with you because you're actually going to waste my time and your time. If you're going to ask me about a guy that you're thinking of dating, but you've already started dating, then why, why, why no? Because you, you're not asking me for my recommendation, you're just asking for my validation. You, you're not seeking a rumble strip, you're looking for a rubber stamp. So no, I won't meet with you, it's like, just spare the time. Or I'm thinking of, there's this guy I like, well, have you already married him? No, okay, well, we got some room. <laughs> I'm thinking about taking this job. Have you already signed the contract? No? Okay, cool. Let's talk about it. I'm thinking about spending this amount of money on this particular item. I'd like to get your perspectives before I do it. Oh, yeah. Great. Let's meet up. But a lot of people, because we don't want to look vulnerable, we don't want to give the impression that we don't know everything. I mean, you know, because we do know everything, right? So we don't want to give the impression to people that we don't know everything. So some of us don't ask questions because we, we think it makes us look silly. But the problem with that is then we make dumb decisions that actually do make us look silly, that maybe asking the right questions before you make the decision would have actually saved the need for the, the rumble strip to be hit and passed over and crashed through the guardrails and tumble down in, into the ravine. Um, the bigger the decision, 
the bigger the area, the more important this is. I mean, if you go to a coffee shop with me and, and you say, what should I get, the long black or the espresso? My answer is, I couldn't care less. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's, the coffee's good, otherwise we wouldn't be here. This is not McCafe. <laughs> but the big decisions and the bigger the decisions, the more important it is to find the right people, to approach them with the right spirit and to ask the right questions. And all of this is 10 and two. This is having the right people is gonna help us. It's not gonna make us absolutely foolproof, but it'll make us better able to navigate the path that God's called us to. It's a privilege to play our part in all that God is doing in and through you. To find out what your next step could be or to partner with us to reach more and more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and download our Elevate Church AU app, available wherever you download your apps.